This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer. Check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now People of Earth, how are you? Welcome! You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 88. Covering the comic books that I personally bought on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, January 4th. And this particular podcast issue is jam-stuffed. And it actually has been approved by the Comics Code Authority of 1954. That's right, it's official. (laughs) I am your host of Nerd Central here, Chris LaTorre. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast where I recommend to you an amazing list of comic books to read every single week. These couple of things, I mean, maybe you're brand new to comics, not sure what to buy. Maybe you've just been reading comic books since 1901, like myself, and you just want to know what the best is, you want to save some money and time. Well, if you're one of those two things, then the Sunspots Comics Podcast is definitely for you. So, uh, congratulations, thanks for finding us. Please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. Check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Tophelat, T-O-P-H-E-E-L-A-T. And two thank yous, of course, one to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check him out at facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori for making our blog. Just check his workout at blog.sunspotscomics.com and follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. His latest coming out is his review on the Star Wars Rogue One movie. I think he's seen it nine times. That's no joke. <laughs> so let's jump right into podcast 88, the Sunspots Comics Podcast 88, with the best of 2016 breakdown. That's right. It's a recap. It's a tabulation. The best of... What a phenomenal year 2016 was for comic books. I broke it all down into 14 categories that will win the prestigious Sunspot Award. I primarily use sunspotscomics.com to find out all my favorite picks of the week going all back throughout the entire year and past podcasts that are on the feed to determine who those winners are. And one of the sort of criteria for that was that the comic book had to be in the top three picks of the week not once but multiple times so for time purposes i may not read all the credits to every single comic of the creators etc i really just focus on the title of that comic but that's just so you know and of course you can use the interweb to look further but i'm really going to focus on the title so here we go let's start the award show let's dive right in first to the comic book 
mixed media category, then it's just all comic books from there. So starting us out at the Sunspot Award winner for the best comic book TV show of 2016 goes to have the envelope right here. Daredevil season two from Netflix. It was phenomenal. The Punisher was really kind of the runaway star of that particular series. Check out Netflix Daredevil Season 2. I honestly think it was better than Season 1. It was action-packed non-stop. The beginning portion of Season 1 of Daredevil was a little slow for me, but the pace of Season 2 of Daredevil was phenomenal. It was action-packed. You got to see Daredevil in the uh, full red suit, which is great. And I would say a runner-up, or second place, if you will, for the Sunspot Award winner for Best Comic Book TV Show of 2016 goes to The Walking Dead. I mean, we're just completely enthralled by it, my wife and everyone I know. We can't look away from it. I wouldn't say it's the best of the best of the seasons now that we're on Season 7, but it is still absolutely exciting, enthralling, dramatic, it's heavy. We even watched The Talking Dead afterwards for that decompression time, but it is definitely uh, one of the best, if not the second best, TV show, comic book TV show of 2016. So congratulations to those two. Moving on to the next one. This is a doozy. I've got your 2016 comic book movie rankings. And I gave the Sunspot Award to the number one comic book movie of 2016. And I tell you, it was tough to really go through this list. But there were seven movies. So coming in at number seven. I'll read the seven through two right here. Coming in at number seven is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Definitely the... Uh, the caboose, the back end of the train of the comic book movies as far as the ranking goes. It was just fun, action-packed. Story was very, very light, but it was just visually kind of nice to look at. It was fun. It went by quickly. It was still, I, I still very much enjoyed it. Coming at number six is Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was phenomenal, action-packed. It was off the beaten path of all the sort of normal comic book movies. That's what I really enjoyed from it. An ensemble cast, kind of a, a deadly dozen, if you will, feel to it. And it was just a ton of fun. And I loved uh, the use of all the neon and all of the packaging in the IMAX uh, intro. It was all just, had a very stylized look and feel. And I bought it on 3D, so I'm excited to rewatch that. Number five was X-Men Apocalypse. I did see that more than once in the theater. I really enjoyed that. Great ensemble piece. You had that very memorable moment from Quicksilver using his uh, speed ability to save the day. That was maybe the highlight of the entire film. But X-Men Apocalypse, I did revisit and see that more than once in the theater. Number four is Batman vs. Superman. Yes, it was dark, it was dramatic, it was a bit heavy. But I seriously enjoyed it, and it was refreshing uh, away from the sort of Marvel feel of movies. It was heavy, it was intense, and I mean, come on, you got the big two, Batman vs. Superman. So it's definitely my number four. And top three, here we go, of my, my rankings, of course, my own personal rankings. Number three was Doctor Strange. I did not revisit that in the movie, but it's a buy for me. It uh, was so beautifully magic-infused. The visuals were intense and strange, and IMAX 3D was just mind-blowing for Doctor Strange, so I wanted to see it again, but I think it was just the lineup of movies came quickly after that, along with Star Wars. But it was so super good, it's a buy for me, Doctor Strange Top 3. Number 2, Captain America 3 Civil War. It was definitely one that I rewatched uh, in the theaters and bought it in 3D, and that scene, of course, at the airport with all of our heroes battling each other, Phenomenal. Spider-Man appearance, of course, stole the show. It was top-notch. It was heavy there towards the end with Captain America and Iron Man going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But 
What a beautiful piece of cinematic art. It was beautiful, it was fun, it was exciting. I mean, superheroes in their in top-notch form. But the number one, the Sunspot Award for the best comic book movie of 2016 goes to... Deadpool. <laughs> yes. Deadpool stands alone for me. It was unique. It was uh, slapstick funny. It was raunchy. Yes, rated R. It definitely broke some ground. It surprised people. People had kind of written it off like really Deadpool and done by Fox. And it really just destroyed everyone's expectation. It was a huge box office hit. I've rewatched it the most. I have absorbed every single bit of the extra features on the Blu-ray and even listened to the commentary with Ryan Reynolds and the writer and director and staff, which was phenomenal. I highly recommend that. It's the only movie of all seven that I've really done that and digested that and watched all of the extra director cut features, commentaries, uh, special mini commentaries of the making of Deadpool. It was just so refreshing, so beautifully accurate. The, I would say the best of all comic book suits as far as the visual look of Deadpool really capturing the comic book art. I mean, so perfectly done. And there could not be anyone else on this earth that would play Deadpool any better. And that's another reason why it's up there. Because Ryan Reynolds just really... I, I honestly think that's probably a direct reflection of the real kind of person he is. Especially listening to the director's commentary where he just sits down for two hours and talks about the movie. I know he's putting on a little show because it's a director's commentary, but I really do feel that's kind of how Ryan Reynolds is. He's a smartass. He uh, likes to kind of pull pranks on people and talk smack, and he's weird, and he's out there, and he's ultimately a, a, a Deadpool comic book fan because you can feel it. A lot of love was poured and little small details and attention to Deadpool. That's why it easily, simply wins the number one. It was actually easy for me to pick Deadpool as the number one, but it was tough for me to pick the two to, through seven. Because they were all solid, strong goods. I mean, especially the top three. But there you go. That is the Sunspot Award winner for Best Comic Book Movie of 2016, Deadpool. Now, moving on. The next category is the, the winner of the Sunspot Award for the Best Comic Book Video Game of 2016 goes to... Batman, the Telltale Series. And what's really cool about this, I play it on my Xbox One, is... It is like an immersive experience in interacting with an actual live comic book. That's the best way to describe it. You do get to kind of sit back and you're not really pressing a lot of buttons in a lot of ways as far as, say, any sort of typical uh, shooter or, or 2D side-scrolling game of any kind. You, there is sort of breaks in between where you're really watching the story and watching the acting and the facial expressions. And Telltale does it well. I mean, they have the whole walking deadline uh, that they've mastered. And to see it done in Batman storytelling style is fantastic. It's really super good, and it's inexpensive. I remember that when I saw it, I think it was on on sale for $5, where it's normally $10, like, per issue. So, totally worth it. I think you can get, when it's all said and done, like, all five or six of the issues for under 20 bucks. So, it's completely worth it. Graphically, it's outstanding. And you do get to get involved in some of the fights in some ways that uh, Batman gets uh, into. So it's definitely an immersive-like video game where you're playing a comic book. So hats off to the Telltale series of Batman. Phenomenal. And next up, the Sunso Sunspot Award winner for the best comic book magazine of 2016 goes to... And this is an easy one, actually, because I only read three comic book magazines this year. Is Image Plus Comics, the Image Plus magazine from Image Comics. 
it is fantastic. It's so in-depth, so detailed. I mean, they do things like the Negan side story, the development of the Walking Dead character from Robert Kirkman. His sort of Negan backstory is in there in these mini five-page uh, little issuettes, if you will. Uh, they break down a local comic book shop in each comic, just highlighting an LCS out there in the world, which I love. They break down some of the best of Image Comics to kind of remind you what's out there or maybe what you've missed. And they cover in-depth fantastically detailed articles of up-and-coming artists and writers and creators of Image Comics that are just phenomenal. I mean, they have a, such a fantastic squad of people that now are doing work for Image Comics, these beautiful creator-owned comics that are really enthralling, really, the imagery is gorgeous and very dramatic, and such a diverse blend of comics. So if you want to really get excited about comics, and you want something that just sort of introduces you to a lot of different genres and excellent storytelling and gorgeous art, that is Image Plus Magazine. It really makes it clear, easy, and concise to find interesting stuff to follow. And again, even in the center page, you have like a beautiful mini poster in every single issue that comes out every month. So get Image Plus Magazine, definitely a worthy winner for the Sunspot Award for Best Comic Book Magazine of 2016. And now, that does it for the comic book mixed media category and family. So let's move on to the actual comic book. So here we go. Starting us off with the best of 2016 winner in the all-ages comic book category. There are two winners here. It is... First one is DC Comics Superpowers title. And this is just beautiful. It has that... That Saturday morning feel, that cartoon, uh, lovingly animated, colored, uh, it's just all ages fun. It's simple, it's easy, it's very comic strip style. It just reminds me of something you'd see in an LA Times newspaper. And it's heartwarming and sweet and cute, and it really just kind of makes me overall feel good. I don't normally gravitate to a lot of those types of books, but I, the imagery alone, the very sort of neon, very brightly colors, uh, bright done colors, just pops. And it really just, it gravitated, it, it pulled in, just force field my eyes, to, <laughs> just uh, tractor beamed me in, and I, I'm so glad that I did. It was just phenomenal, happy, cute, fun DC superpowers. That's definitely a uh, 2016 Sunspot winner for the All Ages category. And the second one, this is again a winner, second winner for the Best of 2016 in the All Ages comic book title category is Spook House. This is uh, drawn and written and uh, brought together from Eric Powell of the Albatross Funny Books Publishing House. He does Goon and he does Hillbilly. Eric Powell is one of my favorite artists of all time, but he did an all-ages sort of very Halloween-appropriate comic called Spook House that was a ton of fun, great visuals and art, definitely all-ages. If you want to kind of pop in a a great comic book to read like during Halloween or show your kids this is definitely for you it's feel good it's cute it's spooky and it's fun it has that kind of Scooby-Doo like feeling to it if you will a lot of monsters a lot of mayhem definite worthy winner of the Sunspot Award for the 2016 all ages comic book category so beautiful beautiful stuff next category next up the Sunspot Award winner for the best DC Young Animal Imprint comic book of 2016 goes to, and there were a ton of them, thank you Gerard Way by the way for headmanning that entire imprint, the winner is Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, and this is a beautiful title, it's quirky, it's weird, it's strange, 
you have this underground group that is attacking our, our main character hero, Cave Carson, who has a cybernetic eye. We really don't know how he completely got the eye. We have some hints of it, but it's really at its core, this great father-daughter relationship. Her, his daughter has been raised in a strange way. She's uh, been very well trained in martial arts, and she wants to very much be a part of Cave Carson's life. But if to do that, she has to follow him into this very strange world and this underground uh, science agency that is attacking Cave Carson and trying to put him down, which we don't even really know why yet. But it's just a well-done mystery, super-duper quirky art. Gerard Way has mastered this particular title, and I've read and checked out all of the DC Young Animal imprint comics, but in my opinion, this is the best of the best. So check out Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Congratulations. Very, very solid winner there. And the next Sunspot Award goes to the Best Horror Comic of 2016. And the winners are both from Dark Horse Comics, by the way, Harrow County and House of Penance. Now, Harrow County, I've talked a ton about in previous pods. Just go back and listen. It's one top comic book of the week for multiple weeks. Harrow County is categorized technically as a horror, but I would even give it a smidge of in the fantasy realm. And it is just month after month, delivered on time, for the most part, the exact same team. I would say 90%. They've had a couple of guest artists, but they've been really top-notch guest artists. And the art in it is this beautiful watercoloring style. But it is a horrifying tale of this young woman that realizes she is uh, born of the potentially the blood of a witch that has fallen down under this tree where a witch was hung. And she somehow manifested into this young child that even has the ability to sort of create sort of people that you think maybe they're real, but they're kind of like created from mud in her likeness. So, and they all live in this one particular strange county, kind of in the days of the depression days in the, in the late twenties. And it's just so well done in its character development and its facial expressions and its horrifying little tale. But at the same time, our main character uh, Jenny, she is she's filled with hope and she wants to not necessarily do dastardly deeds with these witch-like strange powers that she has and she wants to make it safe for Harrow County and make it a livable place and spend time with her father and so there is some love and hope that's filled into this kind of crazy horrifying horror comic but that is Harrow County easy winner in the horror category Dark Horse doing it right and the second House of Penance House of Penance, the best way to describe it, it's kind of this exploration of having a mental breakdown from a very heavy, tragic loss. I mean, again, it's set in this strange kind of Western days, if you will, where the uh, the Winchester, the wife of uh, the Win Winchester founder, the weapon creator, uh, Winchester, is uh, he, she loses her, her family. She loses her husband and her daughter. And it's sort of what she does after that. She tries to turn her home into this Salvador Dali painting. She hires a lot of ex-cons to be to work and hammer and slam her house in a very loud manner 24-7 to sort of drown out the voices in her head. And what happens throughout this story is not only dramatic and tragic and heavy, uh, but gorgeously drawn as to even the visions that uh, our main character, Mrs. Winchester, Widow Winchester, and this other strange, this, the other part of the focus of this of the, is a character that is a ex-con, a, a um, an Indian killer, ultimately a kind of hired gun, but spent a lot of time killing American Indians. 
and he see they both see these strange uh, psychotic visions of these red sort of blood-like tendrils that seem to be taking over their lives and they have a hard time drowning that sound off but wonderfully beautifully horrifying <laughs> but it's easily both of these titles absolute winner in the horror category so congratulations uh, to you on being a sunspot award winner for 2016 best of in the horror category so moving on next up the sunspot award winner for the best classic monster comic book of 2016 the winner is The winner is the Action Lab Danger Zone title from Michael Martin, Blood and Dust. Blood and Dust is a great little story about old man Dracula. Uh, Judd Glennie, the main character, is the first American vampire. He's crotchety. <laughs> he just kind of wants to be left alone. But of course, the nearby town does not leave him alone. So there is a, there's a swamp monster involved, but it definitely has that, it scratches that itch of that the old monster style and uh, vampires is the focus here and it's it's really only three issues in that's sort of my only complaint about it is I really want a lot more of it it started I want to say in summer of 2016 and we've seen an issue every couple of months but bring it to us Michael Martin we want more of it this old man Dracula story uh, is phenomenal fun and action-packed and so beautifully drawn it is gorgeous so easily the best classic monster comic book of 2016 congratulations there so moving on to the next category the sunspots sunspot award for the best dramatic comic books of 2016 and the winner is this is best comic book and dramatic series it is southern bastards and southern bastards is really a mix of friday night lights and the movie walking tall the, the original and the remake with The Rock. But it deals with some heavy dramatic topics like the high school football world, organized crime, uh, crooked cops, and uh, murder and revenge. So it is all in there. It's very dramatic. It's very heavy. It's not delivered on time. I mean, Jason Aaron is writing so many things. It's not a surprise. But when it does deliver, it really delivers. It is top-notch work. I know there's, there's movies and TV shows in development for it. Southern Bastards has been an absolute delight every single month. It is heavy. It's intense. It's ultimately centered around, for me, although there is that all of that Friday Night Lights and, and all of that and the organized crime and the crooked cops and, and the coach boss that's running this town is like the, the evil organized crime boss. It really centers around revenge and the story of of uh, Earl Tubb that was murdered in town, in the center of town, with this, with his own weapon of choice, this sort of two by four piece of a chunk of a tree kind of thing, and his daughter is back from, from the Middle East, uh, serving in the in the Marines, and she's looking to have revenge. That's the core part of the story. It, it is not a ton of issues in. It's a great, uh, easy one to jump in and grab, and uh, if you if you're jumping in and grabbing, it'll be great to read them all together because. For us uh, monthly floppy waiters, it's taken two-ish years uh, to get to where we are, and I think ten episodes in? But it's been a highlight of 2016 for sure. It is absolutely dramatic, it is serious, it's intense, uh, not, a lot of, uh, not a lot of funny in it, but top-notch comic, definitely worthy of best dramatic comic book of 2016, Southern Bastards. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. So. The next up category here, the Sunspot Award winner for the best 
funny comic book of 2016. And the winners are... Let's see what we got. There are two winners. The first one is Chew from Image Comics. This is from John Lehman and, and art by Rob Gilroy. This is that sci-fi cop comedy, ultimately, about the sort of end of the world coming from the hands of a chicken virus and people that eat chicken are being destroyed by aliens. That's the best way to encapsulate it. It's all over the place. <laughs> um, I love, 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 love especially the small but like ridiculously funny little background messages, little ads. They're on sort of fake advertisements. They're on the walls. They're on refrigerators. They're just everywhere and they constantly crack me up. You have to spend some time. It's just such great comedic timing. And it's really sad that it's over? Question mark? Ended? Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to see more Chew in the very near future. But you have to read all the little small, quirky little details about Chew. That's really where the payoff is. Is some of those little little short, little small, smart-alecky messages that are written uh, in the background. You have to kind of look for them sometimes. They're even written very small, or they're faded out, or towards the end of the edging of a panel. But they are absolutely worth it. They're just little diamonds, little gems of comedic good time. So check out Chew. Absolute funny and hilarious every single time it comes out. Sad it's gone. And the other winner of the 2016 Sunspot Award for Funny Comic of 2016 Best Of is I Hate Fairyland. And this is from Scotty Young. Uh, Gertrude is trapped in Fairyland and she hilariously hates it. <laughs> it's just filled with this furiously funny kind of over-the-top violence style and uh, Gertie just hates being in fairyland she's trying to escape she's trapped in the body of a like an eight-year-old uh, she has no problem just murdering anyone she sees in fa in fairyland for whatever reason they're all, they're just bothering her she's short uh, tempered uh, and quick to destroy but it's just this weird little little story of this young woman that's trapped in fairyland and i do believe it i've said it before it's scotty young's take on sort of hating that genre sort of hating i think the alice in wonderland fantasy sort of realm <laughs> because uh, he just destroys i mean she has like a bazooka and shoots these happy little stars out of the sky <laughs> but it's hilarious it's consistent it's all done by scotty young and i think it was initially intended for two or three issues and it's so taken off that he's can still running with it and i think it's 20 issues in but i hate fairyland and chew easily easily the funny comic book winners of 2016 the best of for sure and next up here we go the sunspot award winner for the best fantasy fantasy slash hack and slash comic book of 2016 and the winner is lake of fire from Nathan Fairbairn, this is an Image Comics, art by Matt Smith. And what I really love is this overall feeling of nobility. It seems to be the center stage uh, piece of this comic. I mean, there's ultimately, this is a small band of crusaders back in that time, the, the sort of Christian, Christianity, Catholic crusader days, that are going to the belly of this, a belly of the alien beasts here that has crash-landed in their, in their land. And like I said, the centerpiece uh, that Nathan Fairbairn is really writing so well is that feeling of nobility, the heroism that is involved with sort of saving this town and doing the right thing by trying to go after this, this alien 
infestation that has hit their beautiful, gorgeous land, but definitely has that fantasy, that hack and slash feel. I sort of want it to be a Blizzard slash Diablo 3 style of game. It would just be gorgeous and beautiful and fun in that way, but definitely the Sunspot Award winner for the best fantasy hack slash comic of 2016, Lake of Fire. Check it out. Another top, continual top pick almost every month that it comes out, and so far on time and consistently monthly. Hats off for them. The next Sunspot Award winner is for the best comic book superhero titles of 2016. So here we go. They're kind of broken down into publisher, but these were the best of the best superhero titles, in my opinion. And from DC Comics, Superman and Batman. The Superman team, uh, starting with uh, Peter Tomasi on writing, mostly Patrick Gleason on art, but you have like so many fantastic artists that he's signed up, like... Um, Francis Monopool is one of them. Uh, they all have a, a Patrick Gleason-like sensibility in their art, which is gorgeously detailed and amazing. And it's been that return to Ode with Superman. I haven't been reading it in years past, and it was so nice to have it back. And it's well done, and it's positive. It's focused around uh, Superman and Lois's son, Jonathan, as well. So that is just this... It has this, at its very core, this very strong family-like feel to it and Superman doing sometimes the much smaller of deeds but you know he isn't fighting those Omega global level killers in this story they've really simp like simplified it brought it to a much smaller uh, world and I'm loving it and like I said the focus is family Batman the focus there in Batman this uh, year in 2016 has been the Bat Ensemble the Bat Team I've been preaching it detective uh, series and the Batman series have been the best of the Rebirth, along with Superman too, of all the new titles, and I have tried and read them all, I really have. Uh, maybe The Flash was one that I, I did, was just really solidly good, but not as great as Superman and Batman. I mean, they even have Clayface on their team, which has been unique and interesting to see how he's sort of mingled into the group, but Batman, the, the team there, and what's happened to Tim Drake, and Batwoman is in it, and uh, even The Orphan, who I still consider the original Batgirl or Batwoman. And it's just a great team. They mixed it quite well. James Tinian IV is doing some great writing there. And he's really brought a great team, an interesting, fun team together. And it's just action-packed and it's paced well and it moves well. It's not heavy or dramatic or really too slow. It's just fun and action and really what you want from a Batman title. So get Batman and get Detective Batman series. Phenomenal. Fantastic. Now coming from the Marvel world... The two best uh, titles in the superhero category that are definitely winners of the 2016 Sunspot Award is... <laughs> it is Moon Knight and Daredevil. And Moon Knight is definitely the number one Marvel superhero title, in my opinion. It is just so wonderfully drawn by Greg Smallwood. Just absolutely beautiful, written by Jeff Lemire. It has been top-notch. It's been a top pick. It's been a comic book art pick. It's just top-notch. Great psychedelic trippy story about someone that is having multiple personality dis syndrome um, disorder and I love that play with what's real and what's not it's consistently solid there is the Anubis character or Khonshu that has taken over New York City and it's filled with sand and it's covered with uh, deities of the Egyptian family and it is a just an interesting story that I love when they play with all of his sort of multiple personalities when they're sort of colliding and coming together. 
but Moon Knight has been something absolutely phenomenal, an absolute delight. I look forward to it every single month. Beautiful, beautiful art by Greg Smallwood. I, I wish he did it more. I know there are some sort of sometimes where he has a guest artist there, but I mean, some of the guest artists have been like Francisco Francavilla, which is just ridiculous. His art is beautiful. He's doing that afterlife with Archie. So even the guest art has been top-notch out of this world. But Moon Knight, I'm, I can't wait. I hope they do a Netflix series or a major feature film for it. I think a feature film would be better so that they can really pack in a heavy punch into two and a half hours and really bring us some, some top-notch special effects and gadgetry and, and that twisted mind of Mark Spector. But number two from Marvel, again, this is the Sunspot Award winner for Best Comic Book Superhero Title of 2016, Daredevil. And Daredevil, written by Charles Soule, has just been phenomenal. The guy's an attorney. He's, he's just so gifted and bright and smart. He's pacing it so well. And it definitely by far has my favorite brand new supervillain of 2016. The art-minded Strange Muse character. And it is uh, something interesting. I mean, he's, um, he's motivated by art and creating these gorgeous yet fantastically gruesome and bloody pieces of art from his victims but it has been phenomenal it's a beautiful piece of art charles soul has really captured daredevil and you you get a nice mix of those of some sort of courtroom drama mixed in with a brand new character a supervillain muse and even his brand new sidekick which i love blind spot just so well drawn and and also well written it's not a throwaway character it's someone you definitely have interest in and nice to see two brand new characters and it's so fresh and so so, like, drawn and, and written with love. And it's just nice and refreshing to see new characters, new supervillain, new sidekick in the Daredevil series. You must get it. It's phenomenal. And uh, the last of the category of the best of superhero titles of 2016 is from Image Comics. And it's Invincible. This is written by Robert Kirkman. Art by Ryan Otley. And this is ending forever, very soon... And that bums me out, but uh, also that they've been in a break from mid-January to... I know that the issue 132 comes out in late January. So from November, somewhere there, to now, uh, coming up, they've had a little bit of a break. But it is coming to an end. They've, they've chosen this sort of 12-issue ending. So it's been ramping up really good for a major fight. And I love it whenever our main character uh, is, uh, is involved with his father. It definitely, at the heart of the story, is a father sun story so check out invincible you would not be disappointed so those are our superhero title winners and uh, next up the sunspot award winner for the best comic book artists and cover artists of 2016 go to goes to tyler crook of harrow county and he has been doing phenomenal work as i've been telling you that that watercoloring style, the facial emotions are ridiculous. Also a winner in this same category because I managed to pool together cover artist and artist winners because they definitely were one in the same here of my favorite picks, so it made it very easy, is Stuart Eminen. He has been doing Star Wars covers, sometimes the, the interior art uh, of full issues, and he's also been completely writing from cover to beginning to end Empress, the title from Icon Comics written by Mark Millar. So he is definitely a winner in the art category. His lines are beautiful. His attention to detail is phenomenal. His physics and the way he actually renders uh, the human figure quite properly is, is astounding. It's uh, impressive every time I look at it. Next up, I've already mentioned another, again, artist winner 
favorite of mine for 2016 best of is Greg Smallwood for Moon Knight. Uh, he has a very sort of a unique coloring or sort of uh, finishing style on his inks which give everything kind of a sandy look which you have to see to completely understand but Greg Smallwood uh, is a phenomenal artist check him out on Instagram it's his work is just beautiful and the and the looks on the faces there's one panel recently in a Moon Knight where he's drawing Mark Spector's face looking at young Mark Spector and it's heartbreaking because of how well the facial features tell that emotion but Greg Smallwood hats off top-notch artist and the final winner of the Sunspot Award for the Best Comic Book Artist and or Cover Artist of 2016 goes to Patrick Gleason, yes, of the Superman series. He has an ensemble of artists that have a very a, very much a likability to his art, but when he is uh, at the helm, when he's behind the driver's seat, it's you're going on an amazing adventure that you're just going to love. It's, it's beautiful, the lines are gorgeous, it's heroic, it's iconic. It's what you really want Superman to look like. He even does a great job with the new suit that I know people have criticized. I have no problem with it. But the shadowing effect of Superman, the, the moments where he's in the sky and he's it's shining through the sun and clouds uh, for some of the silhouetting he's does, he does is out of this world. I, I hope that he decides to make posters. I just recently saw that on his site. He sells pieces of original art. I haven't bought a piece of original art in a long time. He has inspired me to go and do that. Uh, all of these artists have. Again, Tyler Crook, Greg Smallwood, Stuart Eminen, and Patrick Gleason. My, the four best of artists and cover artists for 2016. Go and buy their stuff. So here we go. This is the 14th and final category winner for the Sunspot Comic Award. I can't believe we're here at the end now. The prestigious award that goes every year to all of my favorites and all of the best of. And we're going to end it with the Sunspot Award winner for the best comic book writer of 2016. Here we go. Drum roll. It is Jason Aaron. Yes, I mean, Jason Aaron, just look at the amount of titles that he's writing. Look at his body of work for 2016. You have, and here you go. He has been the writer for Star Wars, Southern Bastards, Doctor Strange, The Goddamned, Mighty Thor, and Unworthy Thor. To name a few, those I would consider the greats. There has been a few others that he's written as well and they are solidly good but those are the top-notch greats right there that Jason Aaron has been involved with I mean look at the diverse storytelling he has going on here from the very heavy and dramatic Friday Night Lights meets the walking tall movie in Southern Bastards where that's just complex and there's just a ton of uh, murder and revenge plot lines that are involved in there uh, to Doctor Strange to the, the the realm of weird and magic and he has an artist uh, Bachalo that has been out of this world. One of my top-notch favorite artists of all time. The Goddamned, where he jumps into the sort of origin of religion and goes into that, where uh, Cain is walking the earth, sort of praying for death, but he's immortal, uh, is just out of this world. And then kind of the flip side of that is the Thor. He's, he's written Thorette, the lady, the lady goddess Thor. And Jane Foster's been phenomenal. I... It's probably a title at first I would have kind of just glazed over and went, nah, they're changing Thor, it's not Odinson. And then to even, uh, but it's been phenomenal. And then even to spin off and have the unworthy Thor series and how Odinson is trying to redeem himself and find and earn the worthy right to carry Mjolnir again. But he has been doing some phenomenal stuff. Star Wars has been a solid, action-packed, and he's really 
grasp the true meaning and concept of Star Wars and wonderful to see that it's all canon now, which is amazing, but Jason Aaron must, he must never stop writing 24 hours a day. <laughs> I mean, with all of those titles and more that he's involved with, and they are all top notch. So if you want to uh, just so easily spend some money that uh, you will not be disappointed in spending a ton of money on Jason Aaron's work, just go get it. Find his work. It's easy to find. Go get Star Wars, Southern Bastards, Doctor Strange, Goddamned, and the Thor series. They have been out of this world. Thank you so much, Jason Aaron, for being the best of the Sunspot, the prestigious Sunspot Award winner for Best Comic Book Writer of 2016. Thank you, Jason Aaron. So there you go. That closes the Best of 2016 Sunspot Awards. Go get all of those immediately. They are the best of the best of the best with honors. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Okay, moving on to some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. That's right. This weekend was the Los Angeles Comic Book and Science Fiction Convention. And it was a ton of fun. It was right in downtown LA. It was only 20 bucks. It was definitely smaller, smaller, smaller. Probably a maximum of about 300 people there. But there was some cool actors there from The Walking Dead. You had uh, Jim Silkey, who I was excited to actually meet. He's done a bunch of like Betty Page stuff and, and Vampirella. And he even did some beautiful Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia prints that were selling like crazy. And man, it was. they even had this screening room where they were playing some Ultraman X. They were playing the Ultraman X, the movie, and the Ultraman uh, Ginga S, the movie, back-to-back, like a double feature, playing in their in their large sort of exhibit hall uh, projected onto the wall with some very loud speakers. So that was just kind of cool. And they had some great deals on action figures, which I'll share some pictures of this Yoda legendary figure that I bought that's like an interactive figure that I saw going for like a hundred bucks online. I got it for 40 and I even picked up R2-D2 and that uh, die cast Star Wars Elite series, the Disney Store exclusives. And they had some great prices on figures. I was really impressed with that. So grabbed too much stuff there. But really the highlight of the show of the L-A-C-B-A-S-F-C, <laughs> what an acronym, was meeting this uh, artist, creator, publisher, inker uh, named Frank Forte. And he actually works on the Bob's Burger uh, cartoon show and the comic book. He is known as the creator and publisher of Asylum Press. And he even does colors for this title called Fearless Dawn. And he does some great independent work. A uh, title that I'm, I can't wait to read called Billy Boy. Uh, the, I think it's Billy Boy the Fat Kid is the full name of it. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's definitely wacky and a little bit out there. But I had such a great conversation with you. Uh, thanks. If, if you tune in, Frank, hello. And thanks for talking to me and nerding out with me for like a half an hour. But uh, he was nice enough to, to draw me a Bob's Burger sketch in my sketchbook. And he gave me a, a, just a fat stack of comics to give out to the listeners, to you. That's right, listening right now. So I'm going to have put some things together here, and I will be having some giveaways of the title Fearless Dawn that he gave me from Asylum Press. And it's it's monster mayhem. It's uh, She fights Nazis. She's kind of a tank girl-like character, a little on the pinup style, but uh, just fighting monsters and zombies, and, and it looks like a ton of fun. And I can't wait to dive into that and read it. And I was looking at his site, by the way, frankforte.com, and he's even done some fantastic, beautiful work for the Los Angeles La Luz de Jesus Gallery, which I definitely got to get there. But it really highlights a lot of Los Angeles artists, comic book creators, really just has this this 
a lot of like modern uh, art themes and pop culture and surrealism type of of art it's gorgeous it's beautiful and i gotta get to uh, the la luz de jesus gallery check it out you can find that la luz de jesus gallery.com but he was nice enough to just have a great conversation with me and i wanted to thank him personally frank thank you so much you were the definite highlight and he agreed to being on a future podcast so you will hear his voice very soon right here on a future sunspots comics podcast and so uh, thank you so much for agreeing to that so frankforte.com check out his stuff it's it's beautiful it's gorgeous he's he's such a skilled creator and uh, the next thing on my nerd brain is two tunes. Yeah, two cartoons that are coming out uh, soon that I'm really excited about. One that's already out, but one that's coming very soon is Voltron Legend Defender Season 2. Legendary Defender Season 2 on Netflix. It premieres January 20th. You can see the trailer online. Season 1 was phenomenal, fun, action-packed Voltron it, uh, with the anime style and, and action-packed and the voiceover acting from uh, folks like uh, the player, the guy that plays Daryl on The Walking Dead, and uh, and other um, and Stephen Yoon, who who's in The Walking Dead as well, are both voice actors. But uh, it's fantastic work. Check out Voltron, Legendary Defender, season one, already on Netflix. Season two comes out January twentieth, so I'm super excited. We're just around the corner from that. And the second cartoon that I'm glad that I gave a try, and I know I'm late to the party, but I just found it is Justice League Action. I'm so glad. It's like an all-ages, Saturday morning, feel-good kind of cartoon. They're super short, which I really appreciate with, you know, how time is is very limited. They're probably 11-minute, 12-minute episodes without commercials. And it's just a ton of superhero action fun. It looks like there's already 13 episodes uh, that are out, so find it. Justice League action. It's worth looking at. It's just... It's simple, cartoony style, all ages, Saturday morning feel cartoon, like I said. Uh, I can't wait to watch them all. I'm like five in, and it's just a breath of fresh air. So lovely, lovely, lovely. Also on my nerd lobes is uh, an upcoming Comic-Con. Long Beach Comic Expo is February 18th and 19th. That's Saturday, Sunday. It's coming up very close, very soon. Possibly my favorite Comic-Con last year. I mean, it's definitely more affordable and it's less of that mass hysteria than, say, San Diego Comic-Con. And a great comic book creator panel. So if you're a creator, uh, an artist, a colorist, or whatever, trying to break into comics, go to Long Beach Comic Expo. There are great panels uh, on how to create comic books. And a huge artist alley last year. So I hope they keep that going. It was robust. I was impressed. And like I said, the prices just seem to be all better at the Long Beach Comic Expo than many others, I'll say, uh, from comics to toys. They seem to just be very open to kind of dealing with you and bringing prices down if you just ask. (laughs) There's the secret. Ask for lower prices and sometimes you'll get them. But Long Beach Comic Expo coming very soon, February 18th and 19th. Get your tickets now because they typically sell out. It's crazy. And they have fire code issues and can't let people in, etc., etc. But still, it's not as mass hysteria as SDCC. But I'm excited for that. And the last thing on Up Inside My Nerd Brain is that I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyer. So here's where I take a little moment to discuss it. But I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. And my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his art for it. Check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is pretty darn good. 
And thank you very much, Jordan, for your work on Zombie Destroyers. I've also grabbed the website, zombiedestroyers.com. So check that out to see four sample pages of our work there. And they're gorgeous. No words, no coloring, just uh, the, the pencils and, some, and the ink done. But you can really check out a cool little sample of the comic book that I've created that I can't wait to put out there in the world. And we're kind of getting towards the end of issue one, Zombie Destroyers. Please go to ZombieDestroyers.com from time to time. And just a quick little update on the comic is that uh, he, Jordan, has uh, mailed off pages 17 and 18, so they're on their way. And uh, Jordan is now penciling the starting pencils on page 19, and I've uh, finished the uh, final touches on the writing for pages 20 to 22. So it is wrapping up really quick. That is right to the very end. It's looking like, I know I haven't given a solid end page, but I want to pack it and give more than a standard, say, 20 to 22 page. I want it to be maybe 25 to 26 pages, somewhere in there. But uh, it's... Um, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for you to see it. That's my comic book, Zombie Destroyers. And uh, next up, just a quick mention about a segment that's going to be packed very soon called Spotlighting on our show here. I've got three comic book creators lined up uh, to be interviewed and have a nice little nerd out conversation here on the podcast. And ultimately, our Spotlighting segment is for that if you or someone that you know is an independent comic book creator, we want to help get your work out there here at Sunspots Comics. So we want to support you. For all those struggling creators like myself, I'm, I'm doing it and it's tough to get your work out there. So we want I want to do that little part here on my podcast and just to share the love. So if you're a writer, artist, colorist, letterer, doesn't matter. Send me a link to your work or send me a review copy to my email at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or of course, just message me on all the social media at sunspotscomics. Because if, if you want to make comic books your life and do nothing but that, like me, just uh, remember that Sunspots Comics... Here at our podcast, we will do our part to try to help you get your work out there. So just send me a send me a notification. And uh, this week now, uh, let's jump right in. That kind of wraps everything up, and let's get into the meat and potatoes with gravy. My favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day Wednesday, January fourth, twenty seventeen. And of course, spoiler ish alert. But really, don't worry, I don't even touch the last couple of pages. I only highlight some of the interesting points, but I don't even touch all of the interesting points. So you really don't have to worry, but um, if you absolutely like zero spoilers, you've been warned. But really, I'm just trying to entice you, trying to talk you into buying these comics, because I, I truly believe they're the great ones. I don't talk about the goods, I only talk about my favorites, the great comic books that came out this week. And if you want to see sort of a recap of everything that I'm reading, of all my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to my website, sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list, where you'll see every single title I'm reading, which is currently up to 133 titles. I think I'm missing two. It could be up to 135. Nuts. And click on top comic books of the week to see all the past top picks that I've picked. So it's all right there for you, compacted, simplified, right on sunspotscomics.com. Very proud of it, so check it out. And this week's art winner and cover art winner is one in the same person. It is Moon Knight number 10. This is uh, art by Greg Smallwood. And his art is delightfully, beautifully, gorgeously detailed. And it mostly focuses around the attention to detail on the facial expressions. And he has this style, like I said before, where he sort of finishes his inking with kind of a sandy-like style. It gives it a very soft edge and feel. 
and that does something with adding to the sort of realistic effect to his comic and this is uh really just kind of a mix of colors he, he lives in sort of black and white and contrast a lot in this comic with splashes of red but he sort of mixes it up here i like that and it almost at first doesn't look like greg smallwood's sort of palette of colors and and look but it it's very much him kind of uh, breaking the norm of what we're used to seeing with greg smallwood but it is gorgeous and the use of the strange sort of geometric shapes that he uses for his panels from triangular to tri to octagon to multiple split level panels and the way he uses the the real estate of the panels is definitely interesting and in how he uses white space but a lot of sort of dark images with very bright neon sort of centers that really just bring your eye right to the center there and immerse you in his beautiful, lovingly gorgeous art. But definitely the art and cover winner. And his cover is iconic. It's it's gray and white and black and a small child looking up to the uh, the deity. And they've he's added this sort of scratchy effect to him, which gives him this out of world feel. Whereas the young boy that's that's on the ground writing chalk figures in white on this gray background is much cleaner and much uh, softer edging. So it's like these two worlds colliding right at this very cover. And it's gorgeous, gorgeous to look at. I absolutely love the cover. And it's one, again, I wish I had a poster. I wish it was on a coffee mug. I want playing cards with it of Greg Smallwood stuff and shirts, everything. It's beautiful and iconic, but um, easily, simply, out of all the comics I bought, it was just right off the bat. Art winner, cover art winner, easily. Moon Knight, number 10, get it. And the breakdown. So the breakdown this week was I bought 13 comics. So kind of a small week of comics. Small but very mighty week of comics. And six of them made it to my top favorite great pick list. Which is, you know, almost that 50%. Which is where I want to live. And uh, it makes me feel good. Like my money has been well spent. If at least 50% of them are great. And new number ones, there was only one. And it did make it to the top pick list. So only one new number one. And we'll be discussing that very soon. And it's super good. I mean, uh, I'm so glad I'm... In the ground floor, at the number one, and uh, I'm part of the, the the movement of a new number one comic, which brings that extra bit of hope. So here you go. Here are my favorite comic book picks for New Comic Book Day, January 4th. And like I said, what a small but extremely just powerful, mighty week of comics. Good stuff. And coming in at number six is uh, from IDW and DC and others is Love is Love. And this is the comic book anthology that benefits the survivors of the Orlando Pulse shooting. I just posted something on Instagram yesterday of a little snippet of it, but you should buy it. It's available digitally. It's available at most of your comic book shops. It's 144 pages, and it's a grazillion um, artists, writers, colorists, creators. Even like a strange writer in here is J.K. Rowling of the Harry Potter series. She's in this. Jim Lee does some stuff in this. Cena Grace, who has done... The Little Depressed Boy series that I love. There's And there's so much just sort of love in it. It's a diverse mix of eclectic, sort of short, heartwarming, heartbreaking uh, stories uh, in here. Just really centered around the story of love. I mean, yeah, there is. It's, it's a bit heavy. I mean, I, I recommend you pace yourself. 144 pages. Uh, it will definitely fill your love with sorrow. With your heart with sorrow, with love. Um, with uh, even some anger at the, some of the reflections of things that, you know, uh, kind of getting a, a very close to what happened at the shooting at the Pulse nightclub. So it's intense, it's dramatic, but it's ultimately, it's a, it's a true, really very clear message of love. 
and a celebration of people in love in all types and shapes and sizes. And it's a uh, it's a gorgeous piece of work that I'll I'll truly remember for all of my life. And uh, it it is centered around that horrible tragedy that happened in Orlando and that shooting. But uh, nice to see the um, the positive effect. And and really, I'm super proud of the comic book industry uh, taking a stand and doing something and and stepping outside the norm and expressing themselves here. And all of the money in this ten dollar comic goes to charity. It goes to the 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 family the families of the victims. Uh, to support them and help them and it's uh, to a good cause so you should go and find this love is love and it's well done superb art I love even that it's uh, they're one or two pages for the most of these simple little stories and these expressions of love and at 144 pages so there's like 60 of them or, or so so it's uh, it's it's beautiful and gorgeous and a very heartwarming uh, piece of art but again it's a uh, it's it's the anthology really just uh, to the benefit of the survivors of the Orlando Pulse shooting and all the money goes to charity. So love is love. Top notch. Thank you, IDW and and DC and all of the artists and collaborators that have put this together. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful piece of art. I want to buy it for a ton of people. So um, any of the family and friends that's listening could be some birthday gifts and Christmas stuff coming up. But there you go. Love is love. So good. That's why it's my number six. And number five is unfollow 15 unfollow is a comic by vertigo publishing it's uh written by um uh rob williams artist mike dowling and i love when they return uh, or actually when mike dowling returns because truly some of the uh, visiting artists they've had are just not up to mike dowling standards honestly they're good but his stuff is great and it seems like whenever mike dowling returns and i know his stuff must take a long time because his attention to realism and detail and true physics of the human form must take him forever <laughs> but unfollows a weird quirky story about sort of the creator of twitter that's decided to give 140 people which represents how many characters you can type into a twitter like message on his uh, Twitter-like software, decided to give his billions to 140 select randomly picked people in ultimately what is this very strange social experiment. I mean, what would really happen if 140 people were selected to win billions? Would there always be just 140 of them that would politely take the money and you'd never see any of the 140 meet a disastrous end? Well, that's what this comic is all about. <laughs> It's uh, that they're turning on each other. There's uh, only about a hundred left, I think. Uh, so yeah, they're they're coming after each other. There's various groups. This uh, allows a little bit of a, a jump forward in time. Even our main character looks older. Uh, they've definitely used some digital likeness to look like the actor Common, which is very strange to see Mike uh, Rob go that way. But it still works. I mean, it's really only a sort of one or two pages that it's a direct reflection of, of the actor Common. You're like, oh, there's Common. But it was our actor from before. That's definitely changed his look and style. He has, sees visions of these, of like leopards and lions and tigers that, that talk to him and give him advice on how to do this. And now he's, he's leading a small militant group, ultimately, to take out some of the people that are trying to take out the left of, who's left of the 140 to get the billions. So this is a long, um, very uh, intense uh, storyline, very dramatic, 
that uh, ultimately ends with a lot of the 140, uh, you know, dying. So this is uh, going back to sort of where our core characters are and what they're doing. And again, it's our it's our primary character that sees the visions from the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! But unfollow is is fun. It's action. It's it is dramatic. It's a a mixed multitude of emotions and feelings done with art that's very super hyper-realistic and like I said, very physically accurate. But uh, check out Unfollow. It is top-notch stuff. But coming in at number five, or I'm sorry, number four, is a, a brand new, the brand new number one, is from IDW and Top Shelf Productions, Box Office Poison. And this is written by Alex Robinson, written and illustrated by Alex Robinson. And I must be... I must have been fiending for something like this because it's a it's a quirky sort of satirical, uh, almost a um, a kind of a, like a comedy that's very quirky in the style of like a sitcom, if you will, and it's just a, a sort of day in the life kind of comic, and it's of this character that went through kind of a bad breakup, and he has an ensemble of friends, and they're they just finished college, and he's sort of dealing with that, and it's. It's diving into the life of this of this primary character and his uh, and who the people are in his world and he's moving into a new place and some of the intricacies there, and he's moving into a strange place that has like a a a missing floor between his rooms so that he can see through the ceiling and there are doors above his room which is kind of weird and quirky so definitely has an odd feel it's definitely has a an adult sensibility in its storytelling for uh, its relationship type reflections but. It's just fun, it's quirky, you sort of get quickly invested in the primary character and his goofy little quirky outfit of buddies, and I'm digging it. I want to see where this goes, I want to see what happens in his life and how he handles this breakup, and he's meeting a new girl. So if you're kind of in the mood for, like I said, just a, you know, a, a, a satirical comedy, and you're looking for something that's just, that's just fun and slice of life. That is definitely box office poison. So it's added to the pull list. It's super good. I am totally in, and it's a brand new number one. So go get it. It's a lot of fun, and it's and it's just a, it's an easy read as well. Not heavy dialogue. Not trying to make any statements. It's just the right balance of some decent art, solid art, and some great relationship building in that slice of life that I was really looking for right now. So that's why it made a top pick. It was great. But coming at number three, here we go. We are now in the top three comic picks of the week. These are the great three. And coming in at number three was The Walking Dead from Image Comics, issue number 162, written by Robert Kirkman, art by, of course, Charlie Adler. And I am digging this story. This is kind of the aftermath, question mark. Of course, a heavy, heavy, heavy ending here that is a twist, definite cliffhanger moment i can't i don't want to describe it or even talk to talk about it but uh negan has lost someone important in his life and that's where this first sequence begins uh from where the last episode left off interesting that charlie adler lays out some great kind of sweeping epic long shot panels here to really kind of give an epic feel to this war this is the end this is the end of the whisper war part six of six so uh, I don't want to spoil all that much of it because there's just a lot of what ends up happening in the story is right here. But we get a visit from Beta of the Whisperers and what's happening to him. Is he done? Is he just given up? He's definitely injured. He was um, kind of cut and beaten and slashed pretty heavily in a battle. 
And is he is he gathering the troops? Is he calling it a finish? The um, the group of the hilltops mixed mixed with everyone else and Rick's group, etc., all have this sort of like maybe this is the end sort of feeling. Is it? <laughs> That's really all I want to tell you about it. But get this series, get all six. It's been a fantastic action-packed messed up we've lost some people that were close to us as the walking dead does and we see some jaw-dropping over-the-top zombie gore violence it's in there and uh, it's just a uh, action-packed fun but there uh, I, I can't tell you too much about it without just spoiling the whole thing but get the walking dead whisper war one through six this is the sixth issue issue number 162 and walking dead just seems to be getting better lately with this and uh, it's also introducing, I think, what's maybe going to be happening in the next arc. So worth reading for just that alone. Uh, definitely, uh, there is no end to The Walking Dead. It's just going to go on forever. It should be called The Forever Dead. <laughs> but anyway, so coming in at number two is Batman, uh, issue number 14. And this is uh, written by Tom King and Art, which, man, I this is definitely the second place winner of art his last name is uh gerads but I, I i think he maybe even knew this may be some of his first work if so if not i'm completely apologize but uh his uh sorry his first tom king does the scripting and writing it's mitch gerads and he did the penciling the inks and the colors so he's definitely put a ton of love into this but this issue was so solid and so much fun and it it really conceptually is a simple issue of Batman has to take Catwoman to prison. And the, the reasoning behind that is still a little complicated to me. I don't completely understand uh, all of it, but she believes that she's murdered like 247 people. Batman doesn't believe that she did. So something to do with maybe her mind being altered of some way, but ultimately that is glazed over really fast. doesn't really matter. She's agreed to go to prison and Batman is going to take her there. But this really shows the sort of complex uh, relationship that Batman and Catwoman have. And she just says she just wants the evening. She wants to go to jail in the morning. And he's going to somehow, he's hell-bent on proving that she is actually innocent. But he doesn't have any evidence at this point. So interesting to see what he's going to do in the near future. I think that's where the arc is going. But... He agrees to give her this one evening, but she has to do what he wants, and that is kind of save the day. So they have this great conversation on a rooftop, which is gorgeous. This epic sweeping layout of Gotham. It's dark. It's dark blue. There's lots of stars and silhouetting and clouds. It's just gorgeous rooftop Gotham Batman Catwoman. What more do you want? It's beautiful. And so they, they go out on like a... She's kind of the sidekick for the night, and they go and and just tackle a typical evening in Gotham and she's very surprised by this and is uh, you know kinda sees a different side of Batman doesn't realize this is what he goes through on a regular night and she's actually being a very effective sidekick in this I mean, it kinda gives you a glimpse in the world of like what would what would it be like if Batman had just Catwoman as a sidekick cuz she's a she's a, a considerably good fighter and she you know she has some some great weaponry at her at available to her and uh, as far as her parkour ability, <laughs> like Batman, uh, she's a you know level ten. But then he sort of agrees to sort of go along with her, and it and it sort of switches gears there. And I like that because you thought, or maybe you were ex just had sort of an expectation at first, like okay, this is where it's gonna go. It's gonna kind of end that way. She's gonna be the sidekick, and then go to prison. But no, he like says, well, you know, well, what would you like to do? 
and uh, they go and do a little kind of cat burglary sort of ish thing. But I don't want to blow it and tell you every detail of it. But so ultimately, he agrees to kind of spend some of the last few hours of the night kind of doing what she wants to do. And so he's surprised and sees sort of a different side of Catwoman. And that's at its core what's unique and interesting and fun about Batman issue number 14. So get it. And it's surrounded by some of the most amazing art. And it really stands alone as just a single one-shot issue, but gives you enough to kind of what happened previously and also, mm, is this going to be happening moving forward? Because then you're going to jump on the train. You're going to jump in the Batmobile and hang in there for a while, which I recommend. Batman has been fantastic and amazing. But here we go. Coming in at number one, the number one, the greatest of the great, the great ones. Uh, number one is Moon Knight from Marvel Comics, issue number 10. It's the art winner, it's the cover art winner, and it's the number one pick of the week. So it's a triple whammy. And it's uh, titled Death and Birth, part one of five. So it's a great point to jump on and start the new arc. But this is written by Jeff Lemire, who is a phenomenal writer, top-notch, A+. And art by, again, one of the Sunspot Award winners of 2016 for Best Artist and Best Cover, Greg Smallwood, and then coloring by Jordi Belair, who is the most amazing colorist. She is uh, inspiring. Her coloring is phenomenal. I think she is adding that sort of sandy feel to this uh, on the edging, which gives it this soft tone, but then switches it up like when the uh, when Mark is visited by Konshu, and Konshu has a scratchy, edgy, out-of-worldly kind of look, and even where the colors sort of expand outside the lines, it's just like uh, it makes you sort of think. It's maybe just a, a psychotic break you're having and <laughs> looking at Conchu. But gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Here, and I'll read you the synapse. You get a little understanding of what, what Moon Knight is all about. Mercenary Mark Spector died in Egypt under a statue of the moon god Conchu. In the shadow of the ancient deity, Mark returned to the life and took on Conchu's aspect to fight crime for his own redemption. In time... The many different identities he had carefully maintained began to slip out of his control, and so did his grip on reality itself. So, this just sort of takes over where New York is still filled with sand. It seems like Conchu has the entire city of New York under a sleeping spell, because no one is out in the streets, there are no other humans anywhere. <laughs> where are they? We don't know. Or is it just a dreamland? I always love that play between what's real and what's not real in Moon Knight. That's a big part of this comic. And yes, there is a sort of diner that he brings uh, one of the characters back to in a previous issue as sort of a safe haven. And he's going to visit that little neon, uh, you know, greasy spoon New York diner. And I love that it's a return to that. It kind of has that home feeling for him. And he feels very much at home. And he has, you know, pancakes and bacon and just has like this this warm feeling there. And it, it definitely surrounds you and envelops you and it it's a feel-good moment and then they flash back to sort of Chicago in Mark Spector's early years which I don't think we've done in a long time but it visits him and shows sort of a glimpse at his difficulty handling his multiple personality disorder and it happens at a very young age for him and he's in his uh, sh in his uh, Chicago neighborhood Greg must be from Chicago or Jeff is or someone because they've really spent some attention to detail at how Chicago looks and I visited there a few times and I had an uncle there that lived there for a long time and it very much captures Chicago 
and the the romantic feel of that city and it's gorgeous and the even little accents of like uh, uh the chicago bulls and places and the, and the cubs etc but they show young mark specter's room and it's this is set in the 80s and it was very well close to what my exact room looked like <laughs> i mean he has like the millennium falcon and x-wing hanging in the corner he has like a max headroom uh poster in the wall and he's got you know comics in the corner and his favorite sport teams up on the wall and like darth vader stickers and an alf toy i mean it's just it's my childhood <laughs> so that for me had this level 10 nostalgia and even if you don't it has a kind of a stranger things sort of feeling to that this moment like they're even lining up to play Dungeons and Dragons or something, but they're not. Um, it's just the it's Mark and a neighborhood kid, just kind of when they first met and how they're sort of becoming friends. And you realize when the father comes in and looks at him with this concerned face that he's alone in his room. <laughs> and that moment of the father's face sells the entire sort of sequence because it's so beautifully done. It does not look digitally rendered to me, but the emotion of concern looking at his son looking at from from him having a conversation with himself it's uh it's a little heartbreaking timeless but gorgeous and beautiful the eye work the wrinkling effect the nose sort of curling just the 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 absolute look of concern on his face uh looking at his son and yikes i mean i imagine all fathers have made sort of that face at one point or another right uh but it, if you feel it here and i know i'm i'm a dad and so it maybe I don't know that grabbed me a little extra, but I spent a lot of time lingering on that particular panel, and uh, that's all I want to really tell you. That's the only thing I'm going to sort of spoil is just that opening sequence there, giving a glimpse into what Mark's uh, sort of multiple personality disorder, uh, and and a glimpse into the start of that. But we again have that warm sequence in Gina's diner, and it it recaps very well here of everything that sort of happened before, but quickly doesn't linger there too long. But again, you love that home feeling that that's here in that section, and Gina's home, and this diner's home, and uh, and it just looks like uh, just a very warm and inviting environment. Again, little pancakes and breakfast and bacon. Come on now, but you quickly uh, get back into the world of of young Mark in in a psychiatry office, and uh, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. He's dealing with this mental disorder. It gets a little serious and heavy in this, but again, you um you love living in this world, and it's eventually he's going to uh, go back into fighting Khonshu. He's realized that through everything that's happened here, uh, Khonshu is not a deity of good. Uh, Mark is imbued with his powers, but he ultimately wants Moon Knight to be a weapon of evil and destroy the city. So, New York's in trouble. <laughs> but um, there is a two-page splash in this that is absolutely stunningly gorgeous of like the galaxy and moon knight sort of swimming through this pink water that is the galaxy it is gorgeous and you have to look at it more than once to understand truly what you're looking at and what he's traveling through is kind of his own mind and different characters that he's created in this multiple personality that he's now kind of said goodbye to they no longer sort of have control over him so now we have sort of mark there in in his true essence and his singular singular personality but um, I don't think you can hold on to that reality very long, is what you're grasping from this overall. But Moon Knight needs to be a major motion picture. It is so well done. It's a beautiful piece of art. Greg Smallwood's art is out of this world. Jeff Lemire has completely grasped this character. And Jeff is doing some great work right now. Other things like uh, Black Hammer comes right to mind. But 
this is his top-notch work in my opinion he's really having a lot of fun here he's really flexing his creative muscles in this series uh, the last few pages of this is a great cliffhanger so um, it seems like if something has a really great maybe over the top and gratuitous cliffhanger at the end it really um, if, if it if it feels right it's going to rank really well uh, in the comics of the week and this feels right it does make you want to keep reading it's not just a cliffhanger to keep you buying it's like uh, the story is pacing well and is he is delivering on all cylinders here but check out moon knight and i love that it's the it's the cover it's the art it's the number one pick of the week moon knight issue number 10 absolutely a plus you gotta go get this so there you go those are all of my comic book recommendations for new comic book day wednesday january 4th just walk up to a local comic book shop and just buy these immediately and of course here i'll act it out for you ready and action uh hey um yeah i'm uh looking for some comic books that uh chris from uh sunspots comics uh told me to go get yeah sure come on over here here you go here's your boom done cut scene there you go it's that easy just go into a comic book shop tell them you want these and buy them <laughs> if you have any questions comments or you maybe you want a personal comic book recommendation just email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com if i choose your email and discuss it in the podcast i will send you a free comic book prize from me as a thank you please sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com contact and sign in, tune in for next week's issue, podcast number 89, where I'll be reading a giant pull list. This week was 13, but next week it's 23, and that's for January 11th. And there's also five new, brand new number ones that I want to get number week, so next week. So that's 28 comics. That's a big week. I haven't had a 28 in a long time, but hopefully they're all great, and I'm, I'm recommending 28 great comics to you. So... Please check it out. There's some awesome stuff coming in next week that I'm super, super, super excited to read. Like, just to give you a little a little splash, a little taste of what's coming next week of the 23 comics, which is nuts. Uh, stuff next week. All-Star Batman. Birthright, number 21. Captain America Steve Rogers is back. Daredevil 15. Detective 948, which comes out every week, but it's really going into a Batwoman origin, and that's the start next week for Detective Comics 948. You have The Fix, which is this messed up story about these, like a crazy crooked cop story called The Fix. Green Valley number four, great hack and slash fantasy story. James Bond coming out next week, just to name a few. So it's going to be a phenomenal one, a big week next week. On So please tune in to Podcast Issue 89 next week. Just subscribe so you never have to worry about grabbing stuff. It'll be there for you. So thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for, for being here. I hope you enjoyed the uh, all the award winners and the best of 2016 recap. That was a ton of fun. And it took me a while to really tabulate those, but I'm really proud of those picks. And I hope I put together that well for you. hope you enjoy that. And if you want to help the show, just do a little bit back and you enjoyed this. And you're listening to it for free, but if you want to give a little something back, just um, subscribe to us. Uh, follow me on all the social media, at Sunspots Comics. And go to iTunes, especially. This really has a lot of weight to it. Go to iTunes, give us a positive review, and hit us with five stars. And uh, I'll personally read it and thank you on a future podcast. So thank you very much. Uh, love what you love. Do what you do. And I'll see you next week for, for podcast issue number 89. Don't forget, of course, to be water, my friend. Be like water. Bye-bye. Later.
same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now